hi good morning we are here um with the houston pet set podcast conversations for the animals i'm tina lundquist faust co-president of houston pet set and tama lundquist co-president of houston pet set and we're here with council member peck thank you so much for being here you're um council member for district a correct that's correct thank you for having me yes so for starters where is district a just so our listeners know so district a is northwest houston it's spring branch inwood and willowbrook mall okay great Great. So we're really, really happy to have you. Um, How long have you been a council member? I took office in January of 2020. Okay, great. So you're relatively new. Relatively new. Yeah, but you've been in in the city council for a long time with um, um, council member Stardig, right? That's correct. correct? I was her chief of staff. Yes, yeah, yeah. So great. Well, because we're an animal organization, we want to talk about animals. And I think the most exciting thing to happen between the city and animals this year has been the passing of a couple of ordinances. One was a microchip ordinance and the other was um, um, an ordinance that had to do with puppy mills. So do you want to talk about those a little bit? Absolutely. So council, we've recently passed an ordinance that making it uh, mandatory microchipping in the city of Houston. So before this pass, you didn't have to get microchipping done. It was just a yearly registration fee with the city of Houston. But now all pets are required to have that microchip, which is really going to help everybody because when an animal gets loose we can now actually see who that animal belongs to and try to reunite them with their family very quickly excellent yeah and that can be done in the field before if an animal um, was caught and it was loose it would have to be brought to the shelter and um, it would be held or the owners would be called right now the field officers can call can scan for the microchip and call the owners immediately which just eliminates so much um, kind of work that doesn't need to happen in order to reunite pets with their owners absolutely at bark they are already strapped so much when it comes to resources and employees and so this is really going to cut down the amount of time that it takes to bring an animal all the way down to bark figure out at that point who it belongs to and then make that reunification so this is really going to help great wonderful and then of course the puppy mill bill um The city has said that pet stores can no longer import animals from puppy mills to sell them in stores. Is that right? That's correct. Yes, in the city of Houston, no longer can these stores sell puppies from puppy mills, which is really important because a lot of people who go to stores looking for a pet, they don't realize that where these pets are coming from. And so this, this prevents that at the stores. Right. And, well, we know from um, working on the rescue side that a lot of these animals aren't healthy animals. They look Absolutely. cute. They get them there, but they're taken from their mother too quickly. They're, um, the inbreeding that happens, the conditions that they live in before they get to the actual um, retail store uh, all contribute to health issues. And if people you know, save their money and buy that dog, that dog very likely will have health issues that they may or may not um, be able to afford. We know a lot of those dogs wind up back in the shelter and the rescue system, and then it's up to the private sector, the nonprofit sector, um, sometimes the city or the county to you know take care of those dogs and and handle all of those health issues or behavior behavioral issues and um, it just clogs up the system we know the rescue system and in a city and a county that already has an overabundance of strays the last thing we need are more unhealthy dogs being shipped in 
to retail stores. So we were so happy to see this ordinance passed. Yes. Yes, I was very happy too. I mean, there's a lot of responsible pet owners, a lot of responsible breeders, but these puppy yes, puppy mills, they're just it's awful for both the dogs and the people who are purchasing mm-hmm. them not realizing the health risks of the animal. Mm-hmm. It's truly a consumer protection Absolutely. Um, ordinance also. Yes. yes, because as Tama said, a lot of those dogs are sick or ill or become ill later in life. They wind up with hip dysplasia. It might not um it might not show right away, but they're typically not not healthy animals. And besides that, we're euthanizing animals in this city all the time. And so why would we continue to import them when we already have a surplus? So it just makes good sense to humanely um, source animals for these pet stores. And hopefully the pet stores get on board because pet owners are still going to go back to a store purchase food, purchase cat litter, purchase all of the supplies that are needed. Um, So there's still a profit to be made in people um, adopting pets and not purchasing them. Absolutely. Yeah, we're so glad that you've been so supportive of this. Um, Has there been any pushback from the community on these, these ordinances? Recently, there's been a little bit of pushback from the pet stores that aren't getting the pets from puppy mills, but getting it from licensed breeders. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not sure if the administration is going to want to maybe make some changes because the concern here is, you know, if right now anyone can still purchase a puppy from a puppy mill on Craigslist or on the internet. And so there's still concerns about making those purchases. So we want to make sure that if someone is getting an animal from a breeder that it's a responsible breeder. And so there's been some concerns from store owners about that. Right. What, what, um, I was just thinking about that, like the breeders, responsible breeders, sometimes they do look like responsible breeders, but behind them is a puppy mill. Right. And so you can't, you can't just go on, I'm a responsible breeder. You can't go on the first location that they bring you to because they could easily have a house set up with 10 or 12 dogs, but you know, 20 miles down the road on five acres of land is, is a warehouse full of dogs, sick and dying dogs that are their next shipment. You know, they're just moving them. So, you know, you even have to be careful when you hear a good breeder. And, you know, when someone, someone I know says, I'm going to breeder to get the dog, you know, get references, go to their place and, and get the dog, ask about all the locations, you know, do everything you can to find out about that breeder because they do often front. What what about Houston made you want to get behind this bill? Well, we have so many issues right now when it comes to animal welfare in the city of Houston. So anything that I can do to support making that better, I want to do that. So right now with Bark and our resources, there's just so much more to do, and this is a really great step in the right direction, but we need so much more. We need more drop-off locations for our rescue groups, and there's a lot of animal advocates out there that spend their time collecting the animals that are just out on the streets, and mm-hmm. there's nowhere to take them right, right now, especially in my district, and so there's just so much more to do. There really is. There is so much to do. Like it's, it, We've lived in other cities, and we notice when we get to Houston, you pick up a stray where do you bring your dog that is a that is an issue with the city you know that the fact that the that um the residents don't have that that resource and so something we know that city council is working on and you're behind and you're working on so we're grateful to you 
Did yeah. you have something? Mm. Oh, no. I was just listening. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're grateful for that because um, when you look at what is spent per capita in Houston for animal welfare as compared to Austin, Dallas, San Antonio, and then outside of the state, Houston is the lowest um, per capita in terms of animal welfare dollars. And so it's something that needs to change. So it absolutely needs to change. Yeah. You're right. And animals don't have a voice themselves. Mm -hmm. So it's up to us to make that change. They can't advocate for mm -hmm. that on behalf of themselves. So it's really up to us. And right. your constituents are suffering too, because we know from the data we've collected and the studies we've done that there is a large portion of Houstonians who suffer because there are too many animals on the streets. So it's not only about the animals, but it is about children getting to school safely, the elderly being able to leave their homes without the fear of being attacked. Um, we know people want to be able to get to the bus stop so they can get to their jobs. So all of those things come into play when we talk about the animal issue. It's not just about the animals. And Houston's such a great city, so we've, we've got we've to get great on this too. Absolutely. We definitely do. Yeah. What are some of the other um, initiatives in play? Is City Bark, um, City Council, the Mayor's Office working on any other initiatives for the future for this, this um, issue? Well, one of the things that we have done in District A is we have our council district service funds. It's a million dollars that we get to spend in our council district. And we have put a lot of money into trying to tackle this issue in District Great. A. So we allocated money to Bark and they did a sweep of District A to collect all of the stray animals that they could find over the course of a couple of days. They were able to reunify a lot of the pets, which was great. Mm -hmm. And then we worked with rescued pet movements to pay for a transfer of pets um, to not overburden right. the shelter. And so it was really successful. And now Bark offers that as one of the packages um, to with all the council districts to do that same great. process. So oh, we're going to keep great. doing that, continue working with rescued pet movement um, to, to really just try to tackle this issue in District A. And then we are also going to meet with all of the pet groups and come up with some plan for District A as far as dropping off pets when we see a stray animal because not everyone can drive the pet all the way down to Bark. So right. we're trying to come up with something in District A to make the situation better. Oh, wonderful. That's great. That's great. When we hear the word sweep, sometimes that people get nervous about that. And you know yes, what I'm going to absolutely. ask you. It doesn't, let's clarify, does that mean that the animal gets picked up and possibly euthanized or are you looking for live outcomes? We we told them that youth, euthanizing the animals was not an outcome for mm -hmm. us. And so that's why we worked with with rescued pets movement Great. so that that way none of the animals ended up at bark and stayed there and didn't make it out right. so yeah right. that was not one of the outcomes that we were comfortable and with and we know sometimes some dogs have to be euthanized either for health reasons for behavior right. reasons we get that but um i think in the past in houston sweeps meant oh we're just going to pick them no. up and euthanize and and we know that that is probably not the best so so glad that you have piloted this in your district and now it's available to other districts are other districts going to do this yes i've heard from Ooh. other council members that they are doing this as well yes. and so it hopefully it's successful in district a we don't have as many stray mm -hmm. animals as some of the other districts mm -hmm. but it's still an issue and it's mm -hmm. an issue really in every council district and you're really i mean you're it's the city supporting the city because Bark yes. is the city. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm wondering if there are enough council members who take these discretionary funds and funnel it toward a city, 
already city running entity if at some point you don't start talking about just funding bark in a bigger way because yes. then those discretionary funds can go to other things because we know other cities like tina said um, per capita houston uh, the per capita amount is so little in Houston as far as animal welfare. Um, you know, is there talk of that? Yeah, there's always talk about yeah. increasing um, support at Bark, mm -hmm. and unfortunately, you know, it's competing with everything else yes, that we have right. to fund in the city of Houston. So I think that's why some of the district council members have really tried to put our funds into so Bark, knowing that good. we need those yes. resources and it hasn't been available in many years. So. Yeah. Um, and many of us have sponsored um, free or low-cost pet adoption weekends through Bark. Mm -hmm. And so there's other things that we're doing with those funds that are just trying to help yeah. support those efforts. What has the response been in your district to these I think the response has been Perhaps. good. Yeah. Um, we've talked imagine. to many uh, pet advocates out there who mm -hmm. really have supported this. And, and so we're going to continue working on that and doing these, oh, fabulous. these yeah. projects. Yeah. Every animal you get off the street means could mean uh, at least one litter or possibly a hundred litters fewer. So we know that it's so important to get the animals off the streets yes. so they're not suffering and so they're not procreating because yeah. that's, you know, leaving the animals on the streets. That's when we see the huge increase in, in numbers out there. Absolutely. Yeah. Too often I think people get caught up in the live release rate at Bark. They think that's a reflection or a good gauge of how animal welfare is going in a city, but it's not. It truly isn't. It's one piece of it. Right. But um, as Tamba said, your program addresses the street animals. And that's been our concern because we help fund about 70 different animal nonprofits. Most of them are grassroots organizations um, whose names and um, the names of the people that work in them um, don't get heard that often because they're small. They, um, they do important work. They do big work in terms of their neighborhoods. But they're, without them, what would our city look like? So these yes. are the groups that we feel it's really important to support, um, either through um, a bigger shelter, a healthier shelter, and more, as you said, outlets for them. Yes, absolutely. I cannot imagine what our city would look like without all of the people and the groups out there that this is their lives and they mm -hmm. they mm -hmm. help support all of these animals that are out on the street. And without them, I mean, we would be in a really bad situation. Can you imagine? I mean, you think about that. Our rescue groups we know from looking at their budgets is about 60 to 70 million per year that our rescue groups um, put into this. That is not counting all of the hundred or thousands, if not tens of thousands of volunteer man hours. And then they're also pulling animals from Bark and sometimes from the county. So they're helping those. What, and, and with Bark in the county spending 19 million a year, the rescue groups are really doing the lion's share of the work. So, yeah, you're right. You put those animals back on the streets or back into the system. It's a nightmare. I mean, it's unbearable. Yes. We would be living in a city where the animal over overpopulation would be un, un, um, unbearable to live with. It would, absolutely. And when I said earlier that in District A, we don't have that issue yeah. as much as other council districts, it's 
directly because of the people in my district that are out there all the time working on this issue. That's why we don't have the issue as much as other districts, because we have great people that are taking Mm -hmm. care of this. So I can't imagine what would happen if they weren't doing that every day. Well, and you also need responsible pet owners, because when it comes down to it, this is about people not caring for their pets in a way that you need to care for your pet when you live in a um, an urban area, and we're not in a we're not in rural areas where we have farm animals or ranch animals that can run around. We all live in a a tight area, so um, people need to learn. We have to teach good guardianship of an animal. We could go out and pick up all the animals tomorrow, and if we don't change the way people behave or change the way they think, we're going to be right back in this situation. So absolutely, it's definitely a mindset, yeah. and you have to know the responsibility that you're getting into when you take a pet. But that's where the ordinances come in, too, because, Mm -hmm. you know, you can educate uh, a lot of times, but when you can't, you have to legislate. And so I think those ordinances are those guidelines that if people don't know, and, you know, we grew up in the country, our dogs ran around all the time. So, you know, had I not known that when you come to a city, you you know, I had a little white fluffy then that kept him in the house. But, you know, you've got to keep him, keep him tied up and so if you have those ordinances and those laws that people know because they're made they're in the media they're made known um the police officers law enforcement officers educate the people about the new laws that is a way of educating so we're so grateful for the ordinances that the city council passes and it's looking at passing and of course on the state level too we couldn't be more grateful but um, i think tina asked are there any ordinances that are, are coming up that city council is looking at? Not that I'm aware of if yeah. any other changes other some? than the ones that we just <laughs> did, but I think now we're in the process of, like you said, educating people about yeah. this new ordinance, and that's going to take some time. So in District A, we're going to have some free microchip events Great. just to get people aware of, you know, hey, this mm-hmm. is this is ordinance now. You need to start microchipping your pets right. and registering them with the city. So we're going to have some events coming up to we'd help love, people. We'd love to be a part of that. Absolutely. We'll let you know when yes. we get that scheduled. We have we actually purchased a lot of microchips so we, we Oh could, great. Yes, yes, we could help with that. That would be wonderful. We knew that people would, you know, th- with this ordinance being passed, we don't want people to not have the means to get that microchip. Mm-hmm. So, it's important to to provide that to everybody. Yes, absolutely. And that was something that I weighed very carefully when looking at this oh. ordinance because Anytime we're passing something that creates a burden, even if it's a good burden, you know, I want to look at it and make sure that it's something that's really, at the end of the day, beneficial and not just a burden that now we're asking people to pay money for that maybe sometimes they can't afford. But I think in this instance, the benefits outweighed any Mm, burden that we're asking people to do. So, Do you feel like you have good um, allies with regard to animal welfare on the council? Or or do you feel like kind of the lone ranger out there sometimes when it comes to animal welfare issues? No, I think that there are a lot of council members who really care passionately about this issue, and that's really great to see. Well, who doesn't care? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I think that's all the time we have. <laughs> that's all the time we have. <laughs> no, I think that that council members care very Thank much you. about this. Um, and even talking about this ordinance um, at council, I don't think anyone was you know, outwardly against this for any Great. reason. So I think people care very much about 
depends. I'd say the last time we testified at council, it seemed to be one of the issues where everybody was warm and fuzzy about it. You know, and city council doesn't get that way. It's all, you know, very cut and dried and people are in their own lanes and sometimes not even listening, you know. But everybody, I was shocked at how engaged everybody was and how passionate everybody what I, the people I knew were were about this issue, and it was so heartwarming to see because it hasn't always been that way. Yeah. Yes, that's true. It has not always been that way, but I think this body of council as a I whole did. really cares about this yeah. issue. Yeah. Well, yeah. we're so glad that you care. We know that you care. You've always been available to us, and we would love to work with you. I think that collaboration is, we believe collaboration is key. So Absolutely. if there's anything we can do to work together, anything we can do to support you in District A, let us know. Thank you. Yes. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me.